This is another message from Glory City Church by Pastor Catherine Renala. For more information, go to glorycitychurch.com.au. Hallelujah. Yeah, God is so faithful. He is so faithful. And we've just been so amazed at what the Lord's been doing and all that he did uh, at the prophetic summit, what he's doing in our, with us every week, watching what the Lord is doing. is just blesses my heart. And to see what he's doing with the children and in the church, Ah, this is the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. Hallelujah. We are having, um, like Joel is preaching up in Toowoomba today. Um, I'll be still here next week. Uh, Then I'm gone just for two weeks in Israel with Tom. Praise you, Jesus. I love it when I get, don't often get to do that, so it's really nice when he gets to come with me. And and then also on... um, the 27th of November, so that's not this coming Friday, but the following Friday, we've got a guy called Paul Martini coming, and he uh, he works very closely with Randy Clark, and uh, comes highly recommended, so we're quite excited to have, uh, have him on the 27th as well, so you will be blessed. We are very grateful for what the Lord is doing. We are very prayerful too about who we have come in. Everybody wants to come. But, you know, we, we're prayerful about who, who we have come, that they might be uh, what we need right at this current time. And we're so grateful. Hallelujah. We're also so grateful for the way that the Lord is sending people. Amanda Wells and Heather. I saw Clem here. Oh, Lord bless Clem while Heather's away. Um, over in uh, Europe ministering right now. And uh, so we are, we're just celebrating what the Lord is doing. And people, you know, uh, God's just... I'm excited about the Sending Center. Hallelujah. Pastor James um, released a word today about some of the events that have happened in Paris uh, over the weekend. And I really encourage you to have a look at it. Um, Steve Schultz has picked it up and published it on the Elijah List uh, Facebook page. And I think it's a really, really powerful um, response. And it has to do with prayer which made me so happy when I saw this painting off for many, many reasons, actually. Um, and uh, because last night, Tom and I, we had the night off. Hallelujah. It was very nice. Had the whole day off. Yay, Jesus. I believe we've got to take one day in seven. And I, Tom keeps reminding me I'm not smarter than God. God's idea is to, is to, to rest. And, um, and so we do that. And he's, he's very good like that. He um, doesn't often put his foot down, but he, he makes me do the one day off in seven, and I'm thankful for that. Um, so last night, uh, the kids were at youth, and we were watching a movie about the book of Daniel, and we enjoyed that. But, you know, when I saw this painting, it reminded me of Daniel, that who would go and pray three times a day throughout his whole life. Every day it was his habit. You know, I want to just turn there, actually, if, you'd, if you've got your Bibles. Hallelujah. To Daniel chapter 6. Let's just pray. Father God, thank you for your presence here. Thank you, Lord, for the great things that you're doing. Thank you, Lord, for your presence. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Lord, now we ask that you give us ears to hear and eyes to see. God, help us to be fully aware 
and fully awake about everything that you're doing, that your name would be lifted up and glorified. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen, amen. It says here in Daniel 6, verse 10, Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went home, and in his upper room, and his windows open toward, with his windows open toward Jerusalem, he knelt down on his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God, as was his custom since early days. You know, the, the story is that um, some of the wise men were very jealous of the favor that Daniel was getting, so they set the king up to sign a decree that couldn't be reversed, that if anyone for 30 days didn't worship only the king, uh, if they worshipped any other god other than just worshipping the king, uh, King Darius, they would be thrown into a lion's den. And they knew that this would be the thing that would trap Daniel. And yet Daniel, knowing full well that this had been signed, still and went as was his habit three days, three times a day, got on his knees before God and prayed. You know, I was uh, last night as I was um, just going to sleep, I was having a little trouble getting to sleep and I, I got up and I went to go into the kitchen just to, to get a glass of water or something and I turned on a light switch just to make sure I didn't trip over anything and the light bulb just exploded and, and glass went everywhere. I thought, well, that gave me a bit of a shock. And I went back to bed and I just started thinking and, and praying. And the Lord just began to remind me about the importance of prayerfulness and the importance of being prayerful. And, I, you know, I thought about this, um, this light bulb the next morning. And I realized, you know, I talked to Tom, what, what could have caused that? And he said it was probably a, a power surge. It was probably a, maybe a light bulb at the end of its, its life. And, you know, this power surge just caused a catastrophic explosion. And I thought, wow, you know, we so need to be vigilant, to be waiting upon the Lord, to let him renew our youth like the eagle. Because I believe we are coming into a season where there are such big power surges of the Holy Spirit. There is so much God wants to do, and he doesn't want it to be catastrophic. He wants it to be glorious. Hallelujah. He wants it to be received. I saw Nick Watson posted a photograph that the ABC had taken recently of Mount Warning with a big um, lightning bolt striking Mount Warning and you know Mount Warning can take it it's a big big mountain it can handle it and you can handle anything uh, you can handle the power of God in the extreme when you are waiting on the Lord I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me but we need I believe to be vigilant you know as it says in Corinthians first Corinthians chapter 10 verse 12 therefore let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall you know, I believe that uh, even in this season where God is awakening us to the revelation of it's no longer we who live, but Christ who lives in us. Hallelujah. I'm a new creation in Christ. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. As we're daily reckoning ourselves dead, reminding ourselves that as he is, so are we in this world, that I have uh, been crucified, raised up with him, seated with him in heavenly places. As we become aware of who he is and our identity, uh, you know, God is awakening his 
beautiful bride to the revelation of the greatness of his power, the incredible glory of the fact that you are his inheritance in the earth, that he might remind you of the hope of your calling. But without him, you can do nothing. Positionally, understanding that is glorious, but if you don't remain intimately connected, if you don't fully, if you aren't fully aware of the revelation that it's in Him I live and move and have my being, then we need to be careful because in our own strength, we can do nothing. You're very quiet, but I believe the Holy Spirit wants to remind us. This time that we're coming into, I believe we're going to see miracles, signs and wonders, words of knowledge like we've never seen before. I mean, Friday night, Chris Turner, he just started stepping out. He he began to have words of knowledge like he had um, the name Luke and does Luke and a... a, um, and a bell, a ringing bell means someone, something to someone. And a guy jumped up and said, my name's Luke. I work for Home Ice Cream. And then he had this, he had this prophetic word for him. Then he had another, he had other words like, um, I hear the word joy and patience is a virtue. And then there's someone who's, who's worried about their daughter. And, and the lady jumped up. She said, my daughter's name is Joy. I keep telling her patience is a virtue and I've been really worried about her. And then he had this word for her. And I thought, yay, awesome. I mean, he just, he saw Gary Morgan doing it. So he said, I'll have that. Thank you very much, Jesus. And off he goes. I thought, yay. And it's just the beginning of, of what God wants to do. And the miracles that we're seeing are just multiplying and creative miracles, glorious things. And it's, it's, I believe, God's invitation into absolute, glorious, exceedingly abundantly above all we could ask, hope, or imagine. But in this time, having this incredible revelation, having all this glorious knowledge of what God wants, understanding who he is, understanding who we are, having gifts of the spirit are amplified and accelerated. We need him more than we ever have. We need to remain connected to the source. We need to get on our faces. And, you know, even as Daniel, I understand he was under the law, But he didn't get on his face three times a day and pray because he was under the law. He got on his face to pray because he loved his God. And as a result, the Lord delivered him from the lion's den. Hallelujah. People, everyone acknowledged that God, you truly are God. For a life of miracles and power, we must remain connected to the one who is the source of our power. We need to be vigilant. You know, I read this verse and people go, oh, I don't like that verse, 1 Corinthians. It's in the New Testament, verse 10, uh, chapter 10, verse 12. Therefore, let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. I am all about the finished work of the cross. I am all about what the Lord has done because it's by grace I'm saved through faith, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Hooray. Thank you, Jesus. I cannot earn any of the anointing. I cannot earn the right to display his power or his majesty. But I also pray, I I like to pray from Revelation chapter 3 where it says, um, Lord, he talks about not thinking that you're rich and full and having need of nothing, but asking the Lord for I salve so that we can truly see and recognize our need for God. 
Because I don't want to get so arrogant in my theology that I miss out the reality of my codependence on God, on my absolute dependence on who he is. I require his help. You know, the Bible says you have not because you ask not. Yes, we've been given all things pertaining to life and godliness through the knowledge of him. But the knowledge of him comes through spending time with him and through reminding ourselves through fellowship with him who he is. By waiting on the Lord and having our youth renewed like the eagle. Hallelujah. If I've seen too many with good theology shipwrecked because they have uh, um, neglected relationship. They've neglected personal time with God. You know, even in my own life, I can get really busy. I mean, I can get really busy. And I think I, I had the Australian Prophetic Summit. I had our, uh, our Glory City Network Pastors uh, Retreat. Then I went straight to Toowoomba. I, I'm a busy person. And you can, it, can get, it can get really busy going to meeting, meeting after meeting after meeting. And if I'm not careful then I can end up not having as much time as I need in the presence of the Lord. So I've had to learn to say no to stuff that people might expect me to be at, to say, I really want to support you at your session. But the reality is, if I don't take time to pray, I'm going to get myself in trouble. And I actually have to be very disciplined to make it happen in my life. Daniel was obviously very disciplined to spend time with the Lord. Now, I don't think he was spending four hours every time, four hours, three times a day. He was a very busy man. He was put in charge of the entire kingdom, but he stopped three times a day to get on his knees, acknowledge God, to worship God, to say, Lord, this is your doing. He counseled kings through Nebuchadnezzar who refused to acknowledge that this is your doing, God. You are the one that has given all of these good things. And Nebuchadnezzar learned a hard lesson, didn't he? And then uh, Belch, uh, whatever his name is, I've forgotten the other guy. <laughs> no, yes, the other king, um, that had the writing on the wall. He, uh, you know, he, he took for granted the fact that it was God that set up the kings. And he took the, the sacred items from the temple and, and, and done. He, it, it is Belshazzar. He was the one that was um, told that this night it's going to be taken from you. And it's a, it's a timely reminder to remember that, hey... All the good things that we have, have come from God. We need to be a people, I believe, who work, walk in holy and reverential awe of God, who walk in a reverential fear of the Lord that says, Lord, you are the one from whom all blessings flow. You are the one from whom the Father of lights who has given us all things. You are, and we give you the honor to take time three times a day to stop and say, God, yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory. This is your doing and it is marvelous in our eyes. You are the King and the Lord of Lords. You are the one that is my head and it is my delight to be your child. I come to acknowledge our Father who is in heaven. It is your kingdom. Hallelujah. 
So I believe that the Holy Spirit is wanting to encourage us. He wants us to be in it for the long haul. And then I woke up in the morning, this morning, and I, um, I heard these words resonating through my spirit so loudly and so clearly. And the words were, to the last soul. And I could hear it. It was just bang. It was a message from the Lord, to the last soul. And as I began to pray about it, the Lord began to speak to me. And it was as though he was issuing uh, like a, a, um, a commission. We know we have the great commission that we read about in the book of Acts. But it was almost like a sense of in a, in a war situation, the orders had come through. And this is the directive from high command that we don't stop till the last soul has come in. And I felt the Lord speaking to people, retirees. He was saying, you know, as, you, as you've entered into retirement, here the, the, the message has come through. You're not to stop till the last soul has come in. He was speaking to students and leaders and saying, you, don't stop till the last souls come in. He was speaking to the ones that were discouraged and disillusioned and and wounded and hurt. And he said, I am releasing my angels. I saw a vision on Friday night as I was just seeking the heart of the Father. I saw God open up his heart and a whole army of angels were being released. And I believe that the Lord is releasing all the help that you need to receive all the healing, the comfort and the the, the support from the Father that the wounded warriors would be recommissioned hallelujah so that they wouldn't stop till the last soul had come in the directive was as if the troops are not going to be taken home till the last soul has come in hallelujah that the last one that God has has seen is going to respond to his messages gathered into his heart hallelujah and it was so strong it was such a clear word from the Lord that that I I am I I I couldn't get away from it. It just continued to roll around in my spirit. I wrote the word out and um, and sent it to Steve Schultz, and he's he's um, published that as well, so you can have a look at that. But I want to read to you from Matthew chapter nine, verse thirty-seven, and I'm going to read from the Passion Translation. Hallelujah! I've been listening to Matthew on. Um, the audio, audio Bible from the Passion at night time. I just put it on the sleep timer. And, and uh, so Tom and I enjoy that as we go to sleep. But it says here, He turned to his disciples and said, The harvest is huge and ripe, but there are not enough harvesters to bring it all in. As you go, plead with the owner of the harvest to thrust out many more reapers to harvest his grain. You know, it says here that we are to pray, that we are to contend with God, that he would send out the harvesters. Now, that's not, I'll pray and they go. We are all commissioned. He sent this, it's like a telegram, I believe, that he sent us this commission. Every one of us, you have been commissioned until the last soul comes in that this is the heart of your father. This is your mission if you choose to accept it. The heart of the father is to use you to bring in this great harvest. Uh, I shared at the... um, prophetic summit that uh, Bob Jones had given a word back in 1970 
that three signs would be uh, given before the release of that billion soul harvest, which would be the greatest harvest before the end of the age. And Smith Wigglesworth released a word that the last great move of the Holy Spirit before the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ would begin in Australia, New Zealand, and the islands of the South Pacific. But the three signs that Bob Jones uh, talked about were uh, that a, a pill would be created. He gave this word back in 1970-something. Um, a pill would be created that would affect abortions, that would, you could have an abortion with a pill. Well, we know that, that we have that already, sadly. That there would be same-sex marriage legalized in America. And I believe that happened this year. And then the third sign was that uh, there would be a watch that people in China in the rice fields would wear, that they could listen to worship from their watch. And when I was in Korea, um, just talking about this word over dinner with some people, uh, one of the men said, did you know about the Chinese company that's just created a watch that's very similar to the iWatch, but available for 10 or $20 that's got incredible technology that you can listen to worship, you can, you can uh, stream anything from the web on. And I thought, wow. They, and and that's, that's now available for 10 or $20 in China. That means people, workers in the, heart, in the fields can afford one. To me, that is the final sign that Bob prophesied. And I believe we are all feeling, even while, while the, the world is, is reeling about all that's going on, I believe that God is trying to get our attention, our, get our focus and say, this is it, very simple, to the last soul. We're here until the last soul comes in. Hallelujah. That the heart of the Father is that we wouldn't get our eyes on wars and rumor of wars, that we wouldn't get our eyes on troubles and darkness, but we would be the light of the world, that we would focus on the simplicity of Christ and him crucified, and that we would recognize our mission is that we are here until the last soul comes in. Hallelujah. We are here as his glorious bride to pray to the Lord of the harvest, to go, to shine the light of God everywhere we go, to wake up to the truth of who we are so that we're not going out out of obligation but out of a noble privilege, a sense of awareness that because as he is, so am I in this world, I have the privilege of sharing freely what I have been so freely given. Hallelujah. I get to give Jesus. I get to manifest Christ. The world's groaning and longing for the manifestation of the sons and daughters of God. They're crying out saying, the earth, creation, in fact, it says, is groaning. It's waiting for you to wake up. You see, Jesus had authority over the wind and the waves. He said, you could speak to this mountain and say, be moved. Creation, hallelujah, is waiting for the sons and daughters of God to actually recognize that they've been raised up and seated with Christ, that they are anointed to manifest the fullness of who God is, that we might begin to step into an authority that we haven't even imagined yet. This is exciting. It's a, it's, a, it's a power, it's a glory, it's signs and wonders that are go is going to make the Jews jealous. It's going to make them say, I want 
I want that. That's real. I know my God. I know God lives. Tell me about that. Hallelujah. But the earth is waiting for you simply to get it, to wake up, to have it, to receive it, to step into it. And you can know about it. I can preach until my voice is sore and you can get it and agree with it theologically. But if you will couple that with intimate relationship with him, you will go forth shining and empowered. Hallelujah. It's a knowledge that's not just head knowledge, but it is lit up by the spirit of wisdom and revelation that comes through intimate acquaintance with him. Hallelujah. Now, for some of us, I mean, some people have very disciplined lives and I honor them. My personality is not particularly disciplined. It's more spontaneous. Anybody else a little bit like that? (laughs) And I really love disciplined people. I think they're awesome. But I can't afford just to wing it through life. Because it is too easy to get off track, to get easily distracted. You know, I, I love to preach from my iPad because it's got all my Bible versions on there and I, you know, I can copy and paste and it's easy. But I, I, I found, because of my personality, if I'm trying to read my Bible from my iPad at home, suddenly I've got all these notifications popping up. This Facebook post, this CNN thing, this whatever. I mean, it pop, pop, pop. And before I know it, I've gone to spend time studying the Bible and I've spent five minutes scrolling through Facebook feed. Anybody know what I'm talking about? So I have to get disciplined and go, actually, no, I'm going to read a paper book, paper Bible, because there's no, there's no notifications that pop up when I read a paper Bible. Not everybody has to do that. But I know my personality, I need to implement some disciplined techniques in order to deliberately do this. I believe that we need, like Daniel, to be disciplined in the face of whatever comes to say, "Uh uh-uh, three times a day, whatever it is that you, you seek to do, I am going to get on my knees and I'm going to pray. I'm going to spend time with the Lord. I'm going to lift up his name. I'm going to exalt him. You know, it doesn't matter if you don't pray for a long time, but if you would do it deliberately in a disciplined way on a regular basis, God will lead you. He will help you. He'll sustain you. Amen. Now, I know I'm speaking to a a very mixed crowd. There are some of you that are very disciplined and your prayer lives are amazing. I honor you. But there are others, you love God with all of your heart, but your, your discipline in the area of prayer is an area that is vulnerable. So we need to say, Holy Spirit, help. I want to devote my life to seeking your face, to knowing you, to loving you. And if that takes some, uh, some practical things in my life to make this a, a discipline, then Lord, I'm gonna, I, I want to do it. I've heard, the, um, I've heard the phrase, discipline until it's a delight. But, you know, every time you do it, you get joy. You find, why don't I do this all the time? You know what I'm talking about? I, I say this and I, I sound like I'm, I'm being flippant, but the reality is I believe this is a word from the Lord. But if we would be vigilant, if we would be 
discipline to remember, hey, I want, this is what I want in my life. This is what my spirit craves. I want to know him. I want to walk with him. I want to be held in him. I, I know that he is the one that sustains me. In him I live and move and I have my being. Now unto him who is able to keep me from falling. I keep my, I don't fear falling because the righteous, he upholds them with his righteous right hand. But I'm going to stick close to him. I need him. I want to pray. I don't want to be um, uh, going through life thinking about things and not praying about it. I want to be deliberate to take time to pray. In the middle of the night last night, I just began to go and pray and pray. I was praying for my son. He's on a school camp. I was praying for this one and that one and different things. And and it was as though an, a fresh awakening came in my heart. I, I, I love to pray. I spend time in the mornings. I spend time in the afternoons. But I believe that every one of us, the Lord is asking us to train up our, ourselves. To, he's actually bringing us into uh, intensive training, intensive uh, development, because he is about to deploy people into such glorious commissions. Hallelujah. That it is going to require a disciplined people. Hallelujah. I am one of the spontaneous ones. Don't look at me and go, yeah, sounds legalistic and law. It's not legalistic. This is for your good. This is for your good. Hallelujah. I tell you because I love you and I want you to be fruitful. He who abides in me will produce much fruit. But abiding requires us to get on our knees, to discipline ourselves and say, Lord, you are my help. You are where my strength comes from. You are the one that I acknowledge. This is amazing what you're doing. It, this is your doing and it is marvelous in our eyes. Even if you just did that three times a day, got on your knees and said, Lord, you are the giver of life. This is your doing and I, it's marvelous in my eyes. Lord, I come to give you honor. You'll begin and you won't want to stop. Hallelujah. If you would just come and acknowledge the Lord. It was interesting as, I, as we were looking at the book of Daniel, how, how important it was to God that these kings actually acknowledged that God is the one who is king above all kings, that God is the one that puts people in place. Hallelujah. And if it was important for pagan kings to acknowledge it, how much more powerful is it when we as his believers come and lift up the name of Jesus and say, you are the name above all names. You are the source of my hope. You are our God. You are our king in Jesus' name. Amen. In this passage in, in Matthew, he says, as you go, which means not only are you to pray, but you are to go. Everywhere we go, we step outside of our comfort zone. We allow the comfort of the Holy Spirit to fill us so much that we no longer need a comfort zone. Hallelujah. That we have the comfort zone on the inside of us. Oh, I've been comforted by the comforter. Therefore, I can freely give of myself. Even if my personality would rather keep to myself, I have been comforted by the Holy Spirit. He's been loving me. He's been encouraging me. I feel and, and I've received everything I need emotionally, spiritually, relationally. comes from him and in him I have all that I need. Therefore, my comfort zone is right here inside of me. 
and I am free to be as he is. Instead of being Catherine who prefers to keep to herself, I remind myself, reckon myself dead and say, thank you, Lord. You are the, the one who supplies all of my needs for comfort, for encouragement, for strength. And now everywhere I go, I remember that's right. It's not me they're meeting, but Christ. Therefore, who am I to keep Christ to myself? Everywhere I go, I have this noble privilege of being able to touch, being able to, to minister, being able to just share the light and the love of Jesus. If you only knew who you were, you would understand the privilege that people have when they meet you. I know that sounds a bit odd in Australian culture, but if you knew it, You'd be like Jesus when he saw the woman at the well. He'd be like, if you only knew who you were talking to. You wouldn't look at people as though, oh, well, I'm just going to try and I'm, I'm not having a great day. I'm just going to keep to myself. You would see them and think, thank you, Jesus. As, as you are, so am I in this world. So I thank you for the privilege of being able to be you to this person today. Every person that you meet when you buy a coffee or you having a conversation on the phone, instead of getting through it and doing the job, you can manifest Christ. Hallelujah. Honoring, of course, we honor our employers, but in your voice, in your tone, in your smile, if you know who you are, you will reveal him. Hallelujah. They will know you by the love that you have. And this love that you have is not something that you can give just because you know you have it. It comes from being overflowing with it. And the overflowing runs out if you don't take time to receive it. You've got to give it. You've got to get it to give it. And he wants to give it in abundance. Press down, shake it together, running over. Does he want to pour into your spirit? He's so kind. Our wonderful Jesus. He's the one who knows. He knows all that's going on. He's provided everything we need for life and godliness. In the midst of temptation and trial and persecution, he says, I give you everything you need. But sadly, Christians often don't take advantage, don't take uh, the fullness of what God wants to give because we get so busy. I have everything pertaining to life and godliness. Awesome. Do you go and have it? Do you take time to eat it? Do you take time to receive it? Yes, it's yours. It's there in the fridge. But if you don't open it up and actually take time to ingest it, it's only yours in name. God's got daily bread for you. Jesus says, pray this. Give us today our daily bread. God has got a revelation to make you happy every day. He does. He's got a really sweet thing to say to you every day. Something to just make your heart smile. God spoke to me today. It doesn't have to be a once-off thing. He says, 
Ask me for it. I'll give it to you. Not just your physical provision. I will give you everything you need. If, if healing is the children's bread, I'll give you healing. If, if it's provision, I'll give you provision. If it is uh, provision for your soul, I'll give it to you. Whatever it is you need, whatever comfort that, that you need, uh, ask me for it because I want to give it to you. I have an incredible need for love. I need it. I need affection. I need love. And my husband's amazing. He's so wonderful. He's been married nearly 25 years. In January, we'll be 25 years. But nobody can meet the need that I have for love. It's impossible. And God created me that way so that I would recognize he's the one. He's the only one that can satisfy the depth of my need for his love. And you know what? It's the same for you. It doesn't matter what your personality type. Every one of us were created as the counterpart of God. And human love is a picture of Christ and his bride, but it is not a replacement. It's a picture. But God says, I come that you might have life and life more abundant. He wants us to fill us with a love that is beyond our ability to humanly comprehend or handle. He says, ask for supernatural strength on the inside so that you can receive the love that I want to give to you until you are overflowing. And then out of that overflow now unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all you can ask, hope or imagine. That your faith would be activated, that you'd become alive in every part of your being. That you wouldn't just have a few candles alight. The full spectrum of this whole spirit of God would be alight throughout your life. That the spirit, the sevenfold spirit of God would be manifested in your life. That he'd light you up in every area that you need. His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts higher than our thoughts. We think, okay, well, that's good. We could do this. We could do this. We could do this. God says, yes, that's good. Many are the plans of a man's heart. But if you'll take time to say, actually, Lord... Yes, there's a lot of things to be done. So I'm coming before you on my knees and saying, God, everything, my very breath comes from you. I acknowledge you as the source of all things. I acknowledge you as the leader. I acknowledge you as my head. Today I come to give you honor. Today I come to wait upon you. Lord, I come to worship you. I come to spend time with you. And you know what? God will start to light up those ideas with supernatural power. Hallelujah. You'll be far more fruitful than you could ever have been if you had rushed off without praying. Finally, it says here, as you go, plead with the owner of the harvest to thrust out many more reapers to harvest his grain. The Greek word there uh, is ekbalo. Lou Engel, Engel speaks really well on this, but Ekbalo, it says here, is used many times in the Gospels for driving out or casting out demons. The Lord of the harvest must cast the laborers out into the harvest fields. It's a almost violent term. Pray that the Lord of the harvest will thrust them out, that he would Ekbalo them, that he would thrust them out like it, with power. It's a going out. You don't cast out demons by going, please come out. 
It's done by the power of God, supernatural power where they can't handle it. They have to go. In the same way, God wants to endue you with power from on high that will cannot be contained and will thrust you out. That will cause you to be not one that says, oh, I really should share the gospel today. But who cannot help but manifest Christ. It's a clothing with power from on high that is not a once-off event, but a daily, a glorious filling and coming upon. The Holy Spirit himself wants to overshadow you, wants to overpower you, overwhelm you, so that when you go out, boom, the power of God is released. That you get thrust out everywhere you go, every moment. It doesn't happen in your own strength, but by the strength and the power of God. That same power that raised Christ from the dead, that casts out demons, now is powering through you in every encounter you are having with a human person. You go to sit down on the bus. If you've spent time with the Lord, you get on the bus and you remember who you are. You reckon yourself dead. I remember who I am. Thank you what I look like. I've spent time with you. The spirit of the sovereign God is upon me because he's anointed and equipped me and empowered me, qualified me to preach the good news of the gospel. You're going to be sitting there full of the power of God, waiting just to touch somebody because you know it's going to be like electricity beyond it, glorious, empowering them. And instead of causing it to be a catastrophic explosion, it's going to be an incredible, glorious arising and shining. Hallelujah. This is your inheritance. This is your commission. This is your anointing. And this is your calling. Hallelujah. Why don't you raise your hands right now? I want to declare over you right now, the spirit of the sovereign God is upon you because he has anointed, equipped and qualified you. He has chosen you to preach the good news of the gospel. Lord, I am asking for an ekbalo power anointing to come upon each and every one here. Lord, right now in in the name of Jesus, Father, I ask that you would put a fresh revival anointing upon them. Father God, that they might be uh, people who would pray. Father, that they would seek your face, that you would refresh and restore their souls. Lord, you'd encourage them and help them. I thank you that there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Lord, bless them indeed. Lord, encourage them and strengthen them by your mighty hand in the powerful name of Jesus. Let this word go down deep and produce much fruit in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. Hallelujah. Let's give God glory. Father, we worship you. We give you honor. Don't stop till the last one, the last soul. Hallelujah.